All right, guys. Now let's continue in Genesis chapter 4 as we have dealt with the issue of judgment that has come upon uh, all four who were involved in the fall. That is the serpent, Satan, the woman and the man. And we do recall all of their judgments. And that is the judgment of the serpent is cursed greater than all of the other creatures. The judgment of Satan himself, that seed that God talked about, that spiritual side of it. That is his judgment will be the crushing, the crushing of him and his seed, the judgment of the woman, the difficulty of the relationship in husband and wife and in bringing forth children and the judgment of the man, Adam, mankind, even in general, judgment and difficulty in the bringing forth of fruit from the land. And finally, the man and his wife were both disbarred forever from the Garden of Eden. So now we are in a sinful state for all of humanity and the cursedness of the earth has now fallen upon all creation. Chapter four. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve and she conceived and birth and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. Now, guys, we really have to take some time to look into this verse. And now, you know, usually I try not to get too much into the Hebrew, uh, the original text of the scriptures, because it's, it can bring a lot of confusion, especially if you can't read Hebrew. And, and, and probably most of you guys cannot. But this is one of those occasions that the original Hebrew is very important. And so what we want to do is we want to look at the text in order to give an understanding of what's going on. Just remember what I just said. We're moving out of judgment. We're moving out of judgment there. The man and the woman have both been thrown out of the garden. Okay, they're out of the garden. And remember the things that God has said because, and this is the reason why we want to look in the original Hebrew because the passage as it is commonly translated and even here as it's translated is not really a good depiction of the actual Hebrew text that is being used. With that idea, once again, you have to look at the backdrop of what's going on. They have remember what God, the thing that God has said to the different participants, namely the woman. And that's the one that's in play right now. It's the woman that is Eve who is in play. And so we want to look at the original text to see actually what is going on in verses four and one. And we will find out what was in the mind of Eve. And we will be able to see that connection. That is the Genesis three and 16 connection. What God said to Eve, that that whole issue about the seed of the woman. You got it. And if you and if you don't recall what I said early about that, go back and look at the judgment, the judgment of the woman. You, you must look at that. All right. But anyway, so let's look at four and one now. And I'm going to break it up. We're going to look at the actual Hebrew of the text. And we're going to not only translate, 
but we'll also be able, as we look at the text, we'll be able to give a form of commentary that is suitable for the correct translation. So it literally says, and I'm going from the Hebrew now, and the man knew, and here it says, Eth Hawa. Now, that's the part we want to stop at. Eth, that Eth is in Hebrew, it, is, it can be translated as either with, or it is understood as what is called a direct object marker. So, in other words, you know, in grammar, you have the subject, verb, and object. That's usually that's the way it works in English grammar. The subject, then we have the verb, and then we have the object. The subject of this sentence is Ha'adam and the man. Okay? The verb is Yada, which is new, and Adam knew. And that particular verb simply means. Uh, not so much as knowledge, uh, uh, knowing in the head, but it, it means here an intimacy of relationship. So in other words, that means it was a sexual encounter. Adam had a sexual encounter. So now here's the important part, and this is why we want, we're dissecting this right now. What did Adam know, or who did Adam have this sexual encounter with? If Hawa. That is, Hawa simply means Eve. Eth means not with, but Eth is being used here as the direct object marker translator. So what does it say? Adam knew Eve. Adam, subject, knew, verb, object. Who did he know? Eve. Or who did he have sexual relations with? His wife, Eve. The thing that I want you guys to see is this, the Eth Hawar. Eth is here being used as the direct object translator. So you're not translating the Eth at all. It's not being translated. It is simply pointing, saying who he knew. He knew what? Eve. Or he had sex with what? Eve. Eth. And it says Ishto, that is his wife. He knew his wife Eve. Now let's move to the second part of this particular clause. And she conceived and she bare. That's the verb. She conceived and she bare. Now notice again, what did she conceive and she bare? Once again, eth kayen. Eth is, and that is, she conceived and she bore. Cain, and notice even in our English translations, it simply says Cain. She doesn't, it doesn't say with Cain, it says Cain. And the, and the point I'm trying to bring to you again is, if, if is sometimes used or translated as with. But you have to be careful when you're looking at the grammar to know when to translate it with and when to understand it being used as a direct object marker. So, and when it's as a direct object marker, that means you don't translate it. It's just simply pointing to that word as the object. You got it? As the object that is being used here. So what happened again? Looking at it again, and she conceived, that's what she did, and she conceived, and she bear, that means, and she bore what? 
object, the object of what she bore, she bore Cain. Okay, and she bore. So therefore, Cain here is being used as the object. Again, notice the if Cain, because all throughout this particular passage, verse number one, we will see the if being used as a direct object translator. All right. Okay. And notice something. All right. So now let's, so let's just talk about that and we'll get back to that whole issue. So now we see the birth of Cain. Adam had sexual relations with Eve and she gave birth to Cain. And she said, and, and, and looking at it once again to the Hebrew, and she said, Kanati, I have acquired Kanati ish et Yahweh. And now that's the part that we want to focus on. And she said, I have gotten a man child and that's what they said they said and she said i've gotten a man child with the help of the lord now that is not what the hebrew says the hebrew does not say i have gotten a man child so let's look at it we see now here that she is now speaking of the birth of the child and notice there seems to be an instance of some sort of an excitement as she exclaims, I have gotten a, it says in the English, a man child. It doesn't say that in the, in the, in the Hebrew, it says kind of T ish. I have acquired a man. Now that is a reflection of the fact that it is a man. And we want to bring all of, and I want to slow it down so you guys will see all of these particular concepts. I have acquired a man. So let me tell you what's going on. There is a problem here as she gives reflection to Cain. What's going on is this. Now, let me just stop and just tell you the bottom line of what's going on. She is considering the promise of Genesis 3 and 16. Remember when God said this in the, in the uh, judgment that had fallen upon the human race because of sin, taken of the fruit, all right? That Adam had disobeyed God and taken of the fruit. The Bible spoke that redemption would come from the seed of the woman. That's what you have to see here. The redemption, the savior, salvation, would come of the seed of the woman. And so therefore, what's in the mind of Eve at this time is Eve is thinking that this child that she has given birth to now is that particular one, that Cain is that one that God had promised. So Eve, number one, we can see Eve believes in the promises of God for a savior. So what can we say about Eve at this time? Well, what can we say about Eve altogether is Eve was saved because Eve believed in the promises of God. And what is the promise of God? To give the seed. And so Eve is thinking that Cain is this seed. Now Eve now, there is a lot of theology that we still further have to unpack in this verse. Eve has the right theology, and we're going to further talk about that. She just has the wrong application. Her theology is right. Her faith, her hope and expectation, that's all going good. But her application 
thinking that it was Cain who would be the fulfillment of the promised seed or remember the promised Messiah. That is altogether wrong. All right. So and then and not only that. So, so we got that part out. So and let's deal with something else too. another segment of theological thinking. Eve says, I have acquired, I have acquired. And that is a fundamental no-no with respect to salvation. In other words, let me explain it, guys. All throughout scripture, the Bible teaches that salvation is the work of God alone. It is the work of God alone. It cannot be done or notice as it says, kind of it cannot be acquired. It cannot be made effective. It cannot be done by the hands of man. There is absolutely nothing that we can do to provide salvation for ourselves, redemption for ourselves. And notice everything is, is taking a hinge upon the Genesis 3 and 16 seed of the woman. But the whole point is it is God himself and God alone who can bring about this whole thing. It cannot be done through human effort. But notice what Eve does. Eve says, I have acquired this. So therefore, there is a fundamental no-no in her thinking. It cannot be done by the woman. It will only be done through the woman. And there is a big difference in something being done through you. That is instrumentality, instrumentality, God using the woman and God and, and somebody doing something themselves, functionality. You got it. Somebody making it affect or bringing it to pass. We cannot do that again. What is it? Salvation is the work of God alone. So therefore, this is another fundamental no-no. So what did she have? She had a misapplication in thinking that Cain was the promised seed and she had a misapplication in thinking that she herself was the doer of that thing, that somehow she played a role in providing this seed. Okay, all right, but let's get to it. So she said, and, and again, another thing we want to bring about, Kanati-ish, and, and this is important too, as we bring these other elements of the text involved and how Eve was thinking. I have acquired a man. So therefore she knew that this seed of hers would be a man. But now let's look at the, the latter part of this. It's Yahweh. Now remember what we said all throughout this particular verse when he said it again. And Adam knew it Hawa. And Adam knew what object? Eve, his wife. Adam knew again. What is the point? What is the point that I'm trying to bring? If in in this whole construct whole construction of this independent clause that we have in Hebrew. And I don't want to say things to make it difficult, guys. I'm trying to make it simple, simple so you can understand it. But every time we're seeing it that is being used here, it is being used 
as an object marker. And Adam et Hawa. Adam knew what et Hawa. Eve, right? And what? And Eve, what did she do? Eve conceived and she bore what? Eth Cain. Who did she bore? Cain, it is used as an object, right? Now let's get to what Eve said when she had Cain. And she said, what? I have acquired a man, Eth Yahweh. Now, if you take Eth as it is being used, and it is clearly the construction that is being used here, Eve did not say, and notice our English commonly said, first of all, she didn't say I got a man child. She said, I have acquired a man. We'll get back to that again. I have acquired a man. And notice the English says, with the help of the Lord. Now, the help of the Lord, the help of is not in the text at all. It is completely not added. And if you're looking, we're using and I always basically use the NASB, and I think it's all pretty much the same for the KJV. You will see these words, the help of, are in italics, and that is commonly used in English translations. When you see something that is italicized, it denotes that it is not in the original text. It was added. It was added. So here's the point. The translators, not knowing really what to do with the text, because, and to be honest with you, they didn't, it just speaks for itself. And I don't want to try to get into all of that, the conjecture, because I really don't know what was all in the mind of the translators when they did it this way. But the bottom line is this the Hebrew does not say, with the help of. The Hebrew says, kanati, that is, I have acquired, ish. A man is Yahweh, the Lord. So if you literally translated it, Eve said, I have acquired a man, the Lord, the Lord. So what do we see? Eve's understanding, Eve's theology. And notice what I said earlier. She had the right theology. That means the right understanding of God, but the wrong application. That is, Eve says, okay, application again. Okay, let me slow it down, guys. I'm sorry. What is the theology that we see here? The theology is, Eve said that what she had was a man-ish, eth Yahweh, and also Yahweh. Now, here's the thing. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm being a little sloppy here in my presentation today, I guess, because I got so many things working in the background of my mind. So I'll slow it down again if I need to. Eve said that it was a man that she gave birth to. And that man was F Yahweh, object marker Yahweh. Now, Yahweh is the proper and covenant name of God. So what did Eve think? Eve was thinking and she actually said, what did she say? That what she had given birth to was a man and that man was Yahweh. Or in other words, Eve was declaring that she gave birth to the God man. And that's who, and if you, let's just push it all the way to the end, to his logical end. For those who know that the end of this is Jesus, the Messiah himself. 
Jesus is the God man. Okay. Jesus is the seed of the woman, but he is not the seed of Eve. He is the seed of Mary. So notice the theology is correct. And the theology of Eve is that the savior, the seed would be a man ish and the seed would also be God Yahweh. And that's what Eve said that she had given birth to both ish a man and God. Her theology was dead on point, but her application was wrong. Number one, her application was wrong in the sense I have acquired. It is nothing that you can do. Salvation, the bringing forth of the seed, the working of salvation slash redemption is done through God by the power of God alone. You got it? And so that application is wrong that she had something to do with it. And the second part of it that's wrong is that it was Cain. Cain was a huge disappointment. He was not the God man. But once again, what can we see in verse number one? We can see the hope and expectation of Eve as they were kicked out of the garden, as the judgment of God had come upon all the participants involved. She was looking forward to the seed that would bring forth salvation or redemption. And when she had Cain, she had believed that Cain was the promised one of God. But something particular what she was believing about Cain, that Cain not only was simply a man. And remember that the prop, the reason why we spent all this time in verse number one with the help of the Lord. That is not the translation that the translation is this. And I just simply tell, let me just give it to you. The direct translation and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and she bore Cain. And she said, I have acquired a man, Yahweh. <laughs> Or, or we simply call it, and I have acquired a man, the Lord. So verse number one, it is such a beautiful and impactful verse. It just simply speaks of the hope of Eve. It speaks, number one, that Eve was a true believer. Why? Because we are saved by faith, believing in the promises of God. And the only promise the only promise that they had from God at this time would be that the woman would bear a seed. And so therefore, a matter of fact, since I'm here, I tell you what, I'm going to make a, 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 a let me make an aside right now. It is often misunderstood uh, by believers in our day and time, that is New Testament time, that it's thought that the Old Testament saints had to believe in Jesus in order to be saved. But that's not true. You cannot believe in something that God has not given you a revelation about. In other words, they don't know anything about Jesus. They don't know anything about the cross. They don't know anything about those things, about his death, 
his burial and his resurrection. That is the first Corinthians 15, one through four. They know nothing of these things. They know nothing of the Romans 10, nine, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God resurrected him from the dead, you can be saved. They don't know nothing about these things whatsoever. <clears throat> Therefore, it has always been a common misunderstanding of, among us New Testament believers what was required of Old Testament believers to be saved? The, it is about a principle. It, it, okay, let me, and let me explain it since I'm here. In order to be saved, you had to believe the promises of God. In other words, whatever revelation of promise, whatever God had told you. Okay, let, let me break it down even further. Nobody can be saved by what they do. No one in no age, what we call it Old Testament or whether we call it in the New Testament. A person is always saved by faith. That is, you are always saved by believing something. Notice what I said by what? Believing something. And that something that you are believing is a promise of God. You got it. You believe a promise of God. Something that God has promised you and you believe that and in believing that you are saved or in other words, that's Paul's whole theology salvation by faith, not from what you do, not from works. And notice that's the problem. Again. That's why, again, we said this whole issue about Eve saying I have acquired. You can't be saved by work. It has to be simply by faith. Misapplication. You got it. That's why I said that. All right. But going, let's go back again. So therefore, you have to believe something that God promised. What did God promise? Genesis 3 and 16. That is the first promise and the only promise of God. The seed should come forth from a woman. So therefore, therefore, all right, until further revelation, because that's what happens throughout the times of the Bible. God gives further revelation. He tells us things that we should believe and in believing those, and that basically the next one, basically the next one you'll see comes at, for the most part with Abraham. But the point that I'm trying to say is this, I'm dealing with a principle. What I say, guys, a principle, when God makes a promise, you believe those promises and therefore you are saved. So whatever promises that God and it's, it's, and it's cumulative, that means you, you believe all those things as it adds up and points to something in particular. We know Jesus Christ, but right now, just Genesis 3, 15, 16, the promise of the seed. So here's the thing that I'm trying to say. So therefore, they believed in the promise concerning the seed. And this was all that was necessary in order to be saved. So what am I trying to say? I know I got off on a long tangent on that one, but I did want to take advantage since I was in that neck of the woods. Old Testament saints, what did they have to believe to be saved? Not believing in Jesus, they didn't have that revelation. They had to believe whatever promises that God had given them up until that time. And the only promise that God had given them was the issue concerning the seed of the woman. 
So therefore, whom, whomsoever it was believed in that promise, they were saved. So as we bring this all back to Genesis 4 and 1, let's bring it all back down again, guys. We see clearly here that Eve, we know Eve, and we also know later on Adam too, but clearly Eve was a believer. In other words, if you say, was Eve saved? The answer is yes. Why? Because she had hope. She was believing in that seed that she should have. Again, right theology that the seed would be a man and that the seed would be Yahweh. The seed would also be God, the God man. But she had a misapplication that she would have anything to do with it or that Cain was actually the fulfillment of that promised seed. All right. All right, guys, I think what I'm going to do is stop there. That's enough for you to go back and reflect upon that. And, and I tell you what, look ba go back, look at this teaching section again. And also there's another teaching that I made with respect to this whole issue about that too. I'll also leave a link at that in the description concerning what did Eve believe with the birth of Cain. All right, and what we'll do is we'll take it up from this point on our next video. All right, catch you next time.